This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. On 2NURFM, we're talking travel. Sally Lucas, we're heading to the Netherlands. We're heading to Floriard in the Netherlands, and I guess a lot of people in Australia only seem to associate it with Canberra, which is currently, uh, I think, is it about to start? Or? It should be. Yeah, it's September, I know, anyway, and I have been to that one, and it is wonderful. Um, but there is an even bigger Floriard, and I think this is where it actually all started, in about 1960. And it's in the Netherlands, and it's in a little town called Venlo, which is in the province of Limburg, and that's quite close to the German border. And it was once apparently a, a fortress city. Uh, many times has been, you know, ruled by various different people, and there's quite interesting architecture, etc., there as well. And it's on the Maas River. Now it's about a bit under 140 k's southeast of Amsterdam, and it's also about the same distance west of Brussels. But of course, it's not far across the border. You're only about 75 k's across to Cologne, a bit under 100 across to Bonn in Germany. So you could come at it depending on where you're coming in from. You know, if you're not coming into Amsterdam or you're coming in through Brussels, you could come other ways. And of course, there are there is a train station there, so you could get there by train. So this is a world horticultural exposition that's been held roughly every 10 years since 1960, and so next year is actually um, it's one of their important ones, they're saying, because it keeps growing. Now, the area this year, it covers 66 hectares. You have more than 100 exhibitors, and they're all paying tribute, of course, to horticulture. The park comprises of five unique worlds. They have themed zones connected by wooded areas. So it's quite interesting, and dozens of countries participate in this global spectacle. So you get a lot of different cultures, and you're introduced to a lot of different customs and rituals, as well as, you know, being able to see these magnificent display gardens as well. Let me guess. Could there be some tulips involved? Well, you've only got to see those fields of tulips, and aren't they wonderful, the colours of the tulips? I mean, they really are beautiful. And the different varieties are just astounding. Like orchids. I suppose, isn't it? The wonderful variety we have of those. So they have a range of traditional buildings there that the countries do participate in, like from Balinese Towers and Javanese and Sumatran Houses, etc. So that gets you into the Indonesian cultural gardens. And they have a boulevard called the Floriad Boulevard, uh, and that runs alongside an imposing water garden. And then there's a rose garden, of course, and then there's another um, exhibition called Villa Flora, which is home to the biggest indoor flower show. Then They've got a relax and heal world, they're calling it, which where you can taste, smell, feel, hear and see how nature influences your health um, and also your mood in tranquil surroundings and learn about her- healing herbs and tea rituals, etc. Then there's a barefoot path as well, and that gives you a, apparently a real yin and yang experience. And then there's an innovation and education world uh, where you un- get to understand how important it is to keep on learning and innovating and learning about fruit and vegetables and how important it is. And there's um, creations made out of the fruit and vegetables as well. So you can take part in an imaginary flower auction or even learn to make a stunning floral masterpiece. So this is quite interesting. And then there's daily um, events happening all the way through this um, in music and dance, theatre, literature, graphic art. Over 900 acts um, will be on display throughout the period that it's on, which is ranging from 5th of April through to the 7th of October. Um, So you've got quite a range of time that you can go and see it. And um, Albatross Tours have actually put an itinerary together for someone who wants to just, you know, do it in depth, an eight-day itinerary from Amsterdam to Brussels, which obviously will include not just having some time in Amsterdam, 
Amsterdam, you're, you're obviously going to Floriade, but you go to Volendam, um, and you'd actually go to the real Dutch flower auction at the Alsmeer Flower Market. You're cruising on your Amsterdam canals. You have three nights in that Venlo region, as I mentioned. You go to Maastricht and Valkenburg, um, and of course you go into other gardens as well, and then you finish up in Brussels. So anyone's interested, there is a tour that does that, but of course you could just go and buy tickets and purchase them if you happen to be there in the Netherlands over this period. It would be a wonderful thing, I think, to so see. So it covers more than just spring, of course. It, it does. goes through summer yes. and so into the so you're going into autumn. different seasons, so it would be a changing um, event as well. So very interesting to have it over such a long period of time, isn't it? It certainly is. So, I mean, you look at the Chelsea Flower Show and other things are quite short. So you've got quite a big window of opportunity here to, you know, and it's very hard to get into the Chelsea Flower Show sometimes because of its limited duration. So having from this from April all the way through to October, I'm sure you'd be able to squeeze some time in somewhere in there to uh, make sure you take part of this. I mean, once in only every roughly 10 years, I mean, might be, who knows, your last opportunity or one of the very few opportunities that you have to go and see this wonderful floral spectacle. Flowers are fantastic, aren't they? Aren't they beautiful at the moment? too, aren't they, Jane, here with spring has sprung. It's, even though it's raining today, we do need that rain, as you said, on the flowers. But, you know, we had bud burst early and everything's just looking quite special at the moment, isn't it? It certainly is. And we are talking travel, Sally Lucas and I. And Sally, we're off, we're staying in Europe, but we're off to Paris right now. We are. And I just thought... You can do, I suppose, cities in all sorts of different ways these days other than just the basic sightseeing tour, you know. So I just thought we'd explore some of the different ways and we might look at other cities as well over a period of time and, and just think of some different ways you can, particularly if you're going back for the second, third or more time. You want to do it in a little bit of a different way. So there's this company called Curiosities, which I thought was quite good and spelt with a C, like cities, not an S. Uh, so Curio Cities, if you like. And this company offers more than 200 unusual and picturesque guided tours on foot through Paris. And the tours have original themes, um, you know, um, amorous encounters and all the sorts of things, depending on what you want to do. So they're divided into different areas and they've got some new tours, including the covered passageways, because there's not a lot of them left, but Paris once had a lot of covered passageways and there are still some of those in existence. Just the Champs-Élysées, the Opera District, um, the Montmartre, and so on. So in addition to this, um, you get a, a souvenir even at the end and um, the ambassador slash guides, they're equipped with um, all sorts of things to give you, um, and, you know, video images as well, uh, as, as, which is quite unbelievable. And um, they also offer like um, urban orienteering as well. Oh, that uh, sounds great. Doesn't that <laughs> sound interesting? Um, fun historic questions. They have a quiz throughout the tour to see if you've been listening and... Uh, but I just thought, you know, it just was something really different and it's just an idea that um, each tour lasts about two hours and it's led by what they call an ambassador guide in French or English and groups are limited to 20 people so that it's not, you know, too burdensome and everyone can hear what's happening, as I said, at the end of it all. So that's quite good. So curiosities, that's one you could have a look at. The other way of discovering Paris is on a trike. And the company's called Paris Trikes, very original. Um, and it's also this way, you can drive this three-wheeled scooter, which is electric, so it's silent and non-polluting. And being three-wheeled, it's not like you have a difficulty if you've never ridden a scooter or something before. So it'd be quite stable. And you can do 
to our guided tours there of 20 or so tourist sites, again, you know, of Paris doing it that way. So if you didn't want to walk, you can always do it by trike. And the other way, of course, is to the clip-clop of horses' hooves. So there you go. There's another way you can do it again at a leisurely pace in a horse-drawn carriage. And um, the company, one of them is called Paris Kalesh, C-A-L-E-C-H-E-S, and they offer four itineraries ranging from half an hour to two hours, and they depart from the Eiffel Tower. Um, the shortest one does a loop to the École Militaire, and the longest goes to Notre-Dame de Paris uh, via uh, Invalide, uh, Pont-Alexandre, plus Vendôme, Place de la Concorde and the Louvre, etc. And the carriage is designed so that people sit facing each other, has a hood and can transport up to four adults. Um, so there you go. And the, the horses are changed every two days and they're chosen for their beauty of coat and pace. Oh, Isn't like that, that interesting? <laughs> And there's another company called Atelage, uh, Del de France, Deal de France, sorry, which offers 20-minute horse and carriage rides, and it also departs from the Eiffel Tower. So there's some interesting ways of getting around Paris, and we might look into other interesting ways of getting around other cities in due course. Um, just moving on for a moment, Jane, I always like to mention little things about airlines when they change and come up. Now, this is with Scandinavian Airways. Now, you may recall I have said before that none of the European carriers fly into Australia, but they've all got networks with your carriers that, you know, out of here to Asia, you pick them up and then you on go, of course, to their home country and then on to other ports. And Scandinavian, of course, has a huge European network, so they're a very good airline to fly with if you're wanting to explore into, of course, that northern area, the Baltic area, etc. But what they do now, um, they've now allowing you not just on their leg in business and premium economy, they've made an arrangement with the airlines out of Australia that they utilise, which is basically your Star Alliance airlines, which they belong to, like Singapore Airlines Thai, and you only fly economy with them, then you pick up either your business or premium economy, but you're getting the business or premium economy luggage allowance all the way from here. So that's been a good negotiation on their part because, you know, otherwise what was the point of having, a, you know, a two-piece luggage out of Bangkok when you've only got one piece from here, you know, unless you're going to stop and have a big shop, of course. Um, the other thing too, they've been um, voted the most punctual airline in the world um, and they've achieved 93.84% of all flights arriving on time. The average punctuality of all European airlines was 81.2. Now that's for the month of August. Now the other thing they do, just for a little quick hint, if you are using SAS um, with a connecting flight, say from Thai uh, to Bangkok, so long as you've got um, at least six hours and no more than 24 between flights, they will give you a stopover at their expense so they'll pay for an overnight hotel so that's worth considering to break your journey so that's not such that long all the way through so so long as you've got between six and 24 hours they provide you with that complimentary stopover make it a bit more comfortable absolutely so there's some few little hints and tips thank you sally lucas thank you jane and we'll be back talking travel next friday after the one o'clock news on 2 nurfm